0: All right, listen. This is the unnecessary podcast. It's like a really long intro. Lee and I were really jazzed up about this, a tribe called Quest intro. So here it is. I didn't feel like making you guys wait 40 seconds to hear Q-Tip. There he is. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a Wednesday, and I'm uh, I'm here with Lee. What's up, Lee? Lee, how do you like Tribe Called Quest?
1: Uh, I love them. I actually just watched uh, one of two Dave Chappelle comedy specials that was just put on Netflix. I just watched the first one uh, before I got here, and this is that's what he closed the set with. That song so I made me think of it.
0: I um, heard about these new. Is it is it Netflix? Net Netflix? Netflix? Right? I've heard about this. Um, yeah, something
1: like, something like that. It might be a silent E, but uh, yeah, it was. It was. I'm a huge Chappelle fan. I uh, grew up in Chappelle show. Watched all the comedy specials. This is the first one in like ten years, and uh, it was pretty awesome. Um,
0: I'm. I like live comedy, and it's been a while since. Um, this is like example D or four or 4,000 of why the internet has ruined me. Like I don't watch stand up comedy specials on Netflix and stuff, even though there's so many good ones. And like, I love those. So what's wrong with me, Lee? Uh, I
1: have to pay attention for more than like eight seconds at a time because of, and there's also, you, you hear clips of like the funniest jokes and it's all over the internet and everything, you know, I mean, it's, nothing's a surprise anymore. So, It makes it hard to be surprised for an entire hour-long special. But I tried not to look at any reviews or anything about the Chappelle specials before I watched it. So that worked out well. The first one started out a little rough, but it was really good in the
0: end. So I liked it. Okay, cool. And this is just just straight stand-up, him on a mic, on a stage? That's it, yeah.
1: There's two of them. I just watched the first one. Wait, there's
0: two Dave Chappelle's? That's crazy.
1: Old-school Chappelle, just him and a mic.
0: It was awesome. Very cool. I've heard for years like that
1: he's like forty
0: pounds heavier. Oh well, he he got jacked. Like he he um, put on a lot of muscle. But um, did yeah. he did he fill out in other areas? Did he was he just bigger? He's just bigger
1: now. I mean, he was real jacked up before. He was wearing a pretty thick jacket, so I couldn't really tell if it was you know muscle or fat or whatever. But hmm. he just has a bigger frame now. Which I kind of I kind of miss his old lanky, you know what I mean? Like twenty-two year old
0: lanky ridiculous person. It's interesting how um, body types and and you know that can influence what a person's comedy. Um, I mean, it goes beyond just the trope of the fat guy making fat jokes. But um, it's weird. I mean, we t- I, we might have talked about this on the podcast about Seinfeld and Larry David wanted George um, to be short. But, um, yeah, that, that, that scrawny, skinny, half-baked Dave Chappelle is, was gold, Jerry. It was so fucking good. Yep. Um, good.
1: I mean, Zach Galifianakis, his entire career is just like him making fun of himself for being chubby. And even in the hangover with, um, the, the Asian guy who was always laughing at him for being fat and like falling over himself. That uh, physical comedy, I believe you call it.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, and it goes beyond that. Like when growing up, I remember being self-conscious about my weight literally when I was like in second grade, even though I wasn't like fat, quote unquote, I was just like a big kid and maybe probably chubby, but, um, like super self-conscious about like my arms and shit. And then like in middle school, I remember my sister mentioning that there was a kid in her class who was really funny in high school and he was like, also, like, the biggest kid in the class. And I was like, really? Like, that can... And, and not in a way that... Like, he he wasn't funny in a way that drew attention to his fatness, I remembered in the story. And I'm like, wait, like, you can be funny, just, like, funny? <laughs> and um, I was a fucking fucked up little... little anti-social asshole as a kid. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, we kind of had similar experiences in that. The fact I grew up chubby and... My dad was always funny. He was always making people laugh, and he was always, you know, a bigger dude. Um, so that's kind of a, the footsteps that I followed in as well. Yeah. But then I lost weight eventually, obviously, as we
0: all do. Right. We certainly do. Well, we hope we hope to. Um, yeah. So after going back to Chappelle, yeah, after that show, he, like, <laughs> there was the thing where, like, he went to Africa. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. And then he went on Oprah. I don't know if you saw that.
1: But I don't think I ever saw her tell on
0: Oprah. Pretty sure it was Oprah. It was like when he came back and he's just telling the whole story. This is when I was in like my Illuminati phase, and I'm like, see? And um it was like a probably a, yeah, U- a YouTube co- <laughs> Yeah. A YouTube clip I I watched or something where he's, I think, on Oprah. And he's like talking about the fame and 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 do, not doing what he wanted to do, but also people laughing at him for the wrong reasons, which I thought was really interesting, and um, yeah, not needing that money, and then just like, and he was like, I wanted to go to Africa. And he was like, and I just went, and then he was like, and he was like, somebody called me like a few weeks later, and. And he was like, "Where are you at, Dave?" And I'm like, "I'm in Africa." And he's like, "What's so wrong with that? Is that a, is that a good Dave Chappelle?" I can't do really do a, can't really do a Chappelle that's accent.
1: It's more he talks like this. It, he he's a not talk to imitate. But I remember him saying um, he was he was afraid that he was going from just ending up stereotypes to reinforcing them. So that's what sort of, uh, kind of scared him away from
0: me. I mean. As a white man, I don't see it. No, I'm just kidding. As a white person, I totally saw it. Like I remember watching that show and being like, I, I, I could. It could have been people in our frat. Where like I'd look around the room and I'd be like, There's like three people here. Um, one of them's named Travis that is probably laughing at this for like the fucking wrong reasons. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's a really fine line <laughs> between reinforcing that stereotype and. Calling attention to it, making right? Making fun of it. Yeah. yeah. Right. And making oh, yeah. fun of it. It reminds me of, of um gangster rap. I never saw Straight Outta Compton. I hear it's great. But um I watched this Netflix Netflix documentary um called The History of Hip Hop. And it's pretty spectacular. And it's only four episodes, but the last episode yeah. is Gangster Rap, and it's it's so fucking cool to see hip hop go. I probably talked to you Lee about this, if not on the pod, but, um, the, the last episode was gangster rap and like easy E literally is walking into the studio after fucking participating in very serious gang activity, like felony level, violent, whatever the fuck drugs and, and gang murders, you know, firing weapons in LA. And he's literally like walking into the studio after this and um he didn't know how to he didn't know how to rap apparently i don't know if they cover this in in straight out of Compton but like dr dre pretty much had to feed easy e lines one by one and easy e would recite that line and he couldn't like read well enough or or go to the flow well enough and so dr dre cut him up line by line and it ends up creating this awesome fucking flow but it's this raw feeling and it's these these columnists and and co- commentary guys were like you could you could f- hear that that dude just came off the streets and started rapping. It was a cool insight.
1: That's pretty
0: sweet. Yeah, and like early gangster rap was talking about the streets and talking about how I need to, I need to carry a gun with me, and I my dad's possibly in prison or who knows where, and like the, going home from school is shit, and like school's shit, and um. It was very powerful, but then it turned in... Like, it went from commenting on it to glorifying it, you know? Yeah. And and it became this, like... Yeah, that's how it goes. Guns and money! And, like, strip clubs and, like... It, like, treating women poorly and um, using your money poorly. And, you know, things like that became sources of... It's okay to be proud of your past, but to like be proud of continuing to do that optionally, <laughs> not not good.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. These musical movements come out of, you know, pain. And just, it takes feeling to make music. So those feelings have to be either positive or negative. And I feel like the the current state of pop music that's on the radio and stuff is all very positive right now about being, like, happy and uh, moving on and all that kind of stuff. Um, But when you're looking at hip-hop and the the origins of that, it all came out of a negative aspect, just, like, the pain and having to watch your back and all that stuff. And then, through pop music's rabid hold on the industry and the media, it fused its positivity in with the negativity of, like, living like that, having to worry about being killed. And it just created this era of just glorifying all
0: the those you know those things. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, pop music is always concerned with those things. It's easy mass appeal. Um, have you heard uh, Katy Perry's new new jam? It's uh, chained to the rhythm. Um,
1: <laughs> to the rhythm? Um, no, I'm not really sure. I, the only pop music I really hear is when I'm uh, like in restaurants that plays over the speakers.
0: So this is the new Katy Perry song. I mean, you might not be able to hear it, Lee. But it's really fucking good, first of all. It has this, like, daft punk kind of... I don't know, like, chill chill way of pop sound. But um, the reason I bring it up is that Katy Perry, throughout her career... Actually, my girlfriend was like, what's Katy Perry all about? And, um... And I was like, well, for most of her career, it's been, like, simple bubblegum pop. Literally, her music videos are always filled with candy. Um, but she she mostly talks about having a good time, but also, like, positive body image for women, which is cool. And it's just very entry-level shit, and, but it's not bad. Um, but she made this new song, Chained to the Rhythm, and apparently this new album um, is representing kind of a turn for her. But this song and I can't believe I'm I'm intellectualizing a fucking Katy Perry song. It it hurts me. It pains me to fucking do this, but in the most simple like way, like she's appealing to fucking 14 to 16 year olds or 18 year olds. Um, Yeah. But her message is like uh, it's, it's, it's easy like living in a bubble and um, we rarely think about what's going on outside our world and um, you, we rarely think, like, it's all about, like, we rarely intellectualize things, and the music video reflects that, and the lyrics do, and it's fucking awesome that, like, pop music has that, and it's very simple, but it's, like, so great. It's so much better than any alternative, you know?
1: Yeah, and I mean, she has to target, you know, 14 to 18-year-olds, because those are the, that's the only demographic that uh, purchases, Nick purchases, and, like, what as a gift, uh, things of that nature. I mean, people our age don't buy shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't buy, I don't go out and buy stuff really anymore, mostly because I don't have any money. Um, But (laughs) people our age, I feel like they'll pay for an experience or a trip, whereas people in, you know, teenagers, they're they're more likely to buy actual goods. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like a random thought.
0: Now, here's another random thought. I would love... I would love to see a pie chart breakdown of where Katy Perry gets her money from, because this is a really interesting, like, because like you said, that demographic is going to buy Katy Perry stuff, they're going to buy concert tickets, they might download stuff. But I'm one I would love to see the pie chart where it's like actually fourteen percent of Katy Perry's annual income comes from ad revenue from YouTube, you know? Like I, I know that billions yeah. of hits equal fucking something in ad revenue. So yeah, okay. I, I would Just
1: love of money.
0: I wonder if they have a website for that. They have like um you could you could look up people celebrity net worth, but those things are like wildly off. I don't know if you've ever seen have you ever seen that? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've seen this before. Well,
0: yeah, have you ever heard of Chance the Rapper?
1: He's like a rapper guy. Oh, I've you know heard. Oh, I've heard of the Chance. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He just went on like I think Katie Couric. He did an interview with her, and she asked him. She said, "How do you you give away all your music for free?" Which he does. Mm-hmm. And she said, "How do you make your money?" He said, "I make most of my money through my merchandise line." That's what he said. He said, "I have a very successful merchandising line." Um, and that's where I get the majority of my money like, you can also buy concert tickets, but that's pretty much where all my money comes
0: from. So it's so, yeah, it's so interesting. It's the, the music, (laughs) the music is now building his brand for the merchandising. It's not the other way around. Like,
1: yeah, that's where where the money's at. Yeah.
0: Uh It's so the fucking tail wagging the dog. Yeah, man,
1: music is hard to sell. And coming from someone who is somewhat involved in that industry, I mean, it's like I said before, people our age don't generally buy a lot of merchandise. Um, I mean, we still do, but you know, I'll, I'll pay for the concert tickets, but then I won't buy a t-shirt there cause it's like 40 bucks. You oh, know what I mean? So if f- I go yeah. to Humphys, I'm paying 30, 40 bucks for the ticket, but then I don't buy anything when I'm there. I, I bought the ticket and that was my, my spending. And I feel like a lot of people our age are in that same kind of vein. Um, so it's, yeah, I mean, it, it's tough to, to figure out where the money is going to come from.
0: Yeah, first of all, fuck buying concert t-shirts. <laughs> I am so beyond that stage yeah, they're of
1: actually life. not. It, it, it's crazy because they're not terribly overpriced when you go to actually source it. So, like, I'm in a band. I have gone to, I've made t-shirts and all that kind of stuff. And if you want a full-time double-sided t-shirt with, you know, every color that you add adds the cost of the shirt. The material of the shirt, if you want really soft shirts, that's going to be more. If I make one t-shirt, obviously you get a discount if you buy it more in bulk. But if I were to make one t-shirt double-sided with all the colors and all that stuff, it's probably going to cost like around like 30 bucks to make that one t-shirt. So then if I'm selling that one t-shirt, I got to make some sort of money. So I'm charging, you know, I don't know, 50 bucks. If, if I'm going to do that. So if I, if I buy a hundred t-shirts, I could probably get that same shirt for maybe 22 bucks a shirt. So then you, it's still $22. You got to pay to bring it with you and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, to make t-shirts, it's not cheap. Um, so I understand when they sell a shirt for 40 bucks and like, I love all the designs I see at concerts and shit, but it's just expensive on iron.
0: Yeah. I I th- that sounds very expensive for sure. So get well, your get
1: you, you wouldn't think it you wouldn't think it would be that expensive.
0: So get your three Stable shirts for the low, low price of twenty-nine ninety nine. You can also do three installments of seventy-nine ninety nine. It's really a great t-shirt.
1: Yeah. Well we actually have four different ticketing levels. There's uh level one, which is now forty-two dollars. That's just your basic entry fee for all three days. Um we've level two. Uh, which is $84. So double that, and I get to you a T-shirt and a poster, um, and we literally make no money. So it, it, it's going to cost $42 to make the shirt and the poster. Um, so we're literally like making, you know, fractions, fractions of a dollar on some of the things on some of the transactions that we're doing. Fractions. Uh, it, it's just crazy. Fractions
0: on the yeah. dollar. Did you hear that, people?
1: Fractions well. on the dollar. Yep.
0: Well, that's the Three Steeple. in Central Pennsylvania. We may as well get the plug out of the way now. Um. Oh
1: yeah, it's right, right next to Knobels Amusement Park in Elysburg,
0: PA. Knobles That's what I yell. It's
1: what
0: it's what I yell when I orgasm. Knobels. Knobels. Oh, yeah. And I will
1: repeat. I will repeat that I have the number two high score on the Star Trek pinball machine in Knobels. So, so feel free to.
0: Yeah, you certainly will repeat that fact. Um, yeah. So. I claim
1: the
0: fame. Let me, uh, let me, let me go down memory lane with these concert T-shirts because I haven't thought about concert T-shirts in so long, and I used to get so fucking excited over those. I would get jazzed the fuck up over a good concert T-shirt. Yeah. Now.
1: Exactly. People are to buy them
0: anymore. Now let me ask you a question: Were you a fan of the like? Summer Tour, 1999. <laughs> Did you like that one? I sometimes... I had a couple of those shirts.
1: I, I didn't do many of those. I was always really like, like a cool design. Yes, like, you know, right. Sweet, trippy tree growing out of the roots like turned into the name of the band or something. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, I was always more into the design. <laughs> um, I love... Dude, is that like... Are there 5,000 bands whose graphic... Is, like, their name coming out of the roots of a tree? <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: yeah. It's very common. That's, that's uh, so funny.
0: an idea. Yeah. <laughs> when you said that, like, instantly seven different bands came up in my mind. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's it's very wild. accurate.
0: So, fuck. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to do, like, a tree, right? Because we're very organic and we grow oh, it's strong it's together. Strong roots, right? Yeah, Blues yeah. roots. Hence, we are called the Scion Project. Ugh. Fuck you.
1: Rusted Root.
0: Oh, yeah. I've seen... Yeah, Rusted Root. I saw them in this little theater in Poughkeepsie while the Yankees were playing the Oakland Athletics. And Mike Kelly, if you're listening, which you're not because you're a famous drummer, he was there with me and we watched the famous Derek Jeter playoff flip throw to home plate. And I think that was... The year, In the year 2000. I think it was in the year 2000 that that happened. But anyway, fucking Rusted Root.
1: 2000th year.
0: So when did you see Rusted Root?
1: Oh, I have never seen Rusted Root. Um, oh. I did hear them on the radio at the Olive Garden in the bathroom when I was in there. <laughs> one time. Well... <laughs> 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 That's that's about as close as I've (laughs) gotten.
0: To be honest, you might as well have been backstage, my friend. That (laughs) you heard them in the shitter. Yeah, I had a really bad liquid shit diarrhea at the Olive Garden and um It was Hospitaliano, let me tell you. Yeah, so this is Rusted Root. Woo! Rusted Root! But that album was pretty classic. And um god they're they're really good i'm i'm you yeah, know i'm all for rusted root they had a so there's like seven people on stage when they play and somebody is playing the um the wash yeah. the washboard, which is delightful nice yeah i
1: mean they had a big hit song that's pretty cool that's like a good achievement
0: i think that was the matilda song or did they have two famous songs
1: from the mo- from the movie
0: Matilda? From the from the original motion picture. It's not the original motion picture, but yeah, from Matilda, from the, ad- the from the adapted from the adapted motion picture. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's that's it. And then they did they did this song Ecstasy, which was dope. It's real like fucking hippie music. Like, let's stomp our bare feet in the mud, right? Chugging man to you man. Going to man. <laughs> fucking good. That's good shit, Lee. I don't care what they say. Um, you know,
1: one of my favorite instrumental pieces of all time is John Butler uh, doing that song "Ocean." There's a video on YouTube of him playing it on an 11-string guitar, and uh, it's one of the, just one of the greatest musical things I've ever seen in my life. Definitely highly recommend it.
0: Yeah, the, that John, that John Butler gentleman is is quite. I like his his dreadlocks, his whole deal, but he's yeah, a great, like gentleman. he's a great fucking player. Let's see what we got here. Is this 11? I don't know. Yeah, that's 11 strings. That's a... Now, what is Ocean? Wait, wait, is this a cover? No, this is just an
1: original,
0: not just an instrumental, original. Oh, it's an original. Okay. Well, it sounds very peacefully. It sounds so peaceful. Um, I don't you check out the nails the nails on his right hand on
1: the thing on his fingers. Don't tell me what to check
0: out. Okay, I'll check out his nails. Um, okay, I'll check out his nails just on his right hand or how many fingers got the nails? Um, yeah, just on his right hand just to strum the
1: guitar. That's some dedication right there. He literally grew his nails out like an inch just to be able to strum and pick better.
0: Like the right hand for the guitar and the left hand for the klitter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you like that? <laughs> I do like that. I'm
0: John Butler I got the right hand for the guitar, the left hand for the klitter.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> John Butler's just a creep. No, that's not
1: nice. Yeah.
0: Don't sue us, John Butler. One of our three listeners is actually note, John Butler. so.
1: Side note, there's a car parked next to me in this parking lot. And right next to the uh, the handle of the driver's side door, next to the little key thing, it's just a huge scratch along the side of the car leading up to where the key goes in. From just some
0: drunken ass night <laughs> trying to find your fucking keyhole in the dark. Oh my god! I'm gonna fucking get to the car. Is it? Is the keyhole? Is the keyhole? Is the keyhole, is the keyhole over here? Yeah. Maybe idiot. I should take your keys. Maybe the keyhole is on the other side. <laughs> no, he, I'm. If I if I hold myself up with the key, I won't fall down. So he's just he's leaning up against the car using the key as a fulcrum.
1: <laughs>
0: A full fulcrum. I don't know if fulcrum full is the right word to use, but I like that word, so.
1: I guess we'll never know.
0: I guess we'll never know, but you're breaking down the fourth wall there with the Dunkin' Donuts studio parking lot. Um, well, it's Dunkin' Donuts parking lot studio is actually what it is, if we want to be technical.
1: Uh, they have no, no descriptors in that order yet. Yeah.
0: Now, listen, I have a question for you. I'm obsessed now. You've got me obsessed with concert T-shirts. Um, did, you, did you have a favorite one growing up? Like, oh, this. I have a couple that I remember that I really fucking liked. Do you?
1: Uh, well, I actually was not allowed to go to a concert until I was 17 years old. So I didn't rack up a lot in high school. Um, but the later ones, I got a really great uh, Lotus T-shirt when I saw them at Penn State at the State Theater. Um, I still have that shirt. I got a really great Keller Williams shirt. It was like bright lime green. Um, I had that one in college and that was lost to, lost to the universe somewhere. Um, those are, those are really my two, two, maybe I got a Dave Matthews shirt at one point, but I really only remember those
0: two. Mm. Um, so it sounds like you were brought up like Mormon. Why, why the no concerts before 17?
1: Um, I had two older brothers who kind of ruined it for me. Ah,
0: it's the devil's music, I tell ya. Yeah, yeah,
1: so my uh, my mom was a little bit more protective of me when it came to that kind of stuff. Uh, but I guess it did not deter my interest in music, because
0: I'm still doing it. You were actually you were actually born in 1928? In like, oh, no, it's the devil's music, I tell ya. Get our son off this music. Get them off that music and onto some Lucky Strike cigarettes. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, uh, um, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, my well, my parents took me to concerts like when I was a kid because that was it was just like they were good parents. They were like accommodating parents, and I was like, "You're coming to this concert with me," like or like I was like, well, "I'm going," like regardless. And I think my best friend Mike, I think his mom broke the ice by going him and his aunt Nancy who was like family to me and um, her kids and Mike's brothers, like the, the Kelly family would take us all. And then the next time it would be like, all right, Celeste, it's your time. So my mom, whose name is amazing in Celeste, um, she would take us. So, um, fortunately my mom and my dad both liked Dave Matthews band. Did your parents like that music at all?
1: Um, <laughs> well, when I was growing up, I listened to a little bit different music. I got really into, like, pop punk when I was, like, 15. So I was listening to Newfound Glory and Fall Out Boy and all that
0: ridiculous stuff. Oh, um, that's right. I was
1: doing the Limp biscuit Oh, um, no! My mom me around, that, that would be, yeah. So uh, I would not say my parents were too into the music that I listened to at that point.
0: Oh, Lee. Um... Yeah. Come on, guy. All right. Oh, it's 2007. Fucking shit is good. Here
1: comes your... Ugh.
0: <laughs> Wait, let's hear more. It would be around
1: 2003, 2004. But I think that means...
0: Right. I'm not going to lie. It's fun music. Yeah. Like, I'm making fun of it right now, but it's fucking fun music. Like if it's, yeah, it's
1: it's like well produced.
0: It's like Blink One Eighty Two, and I fucking love Blink One
1: Eighty Two. Yeah, and the state.
0: Like that shit, I took her out. It was a Friday night. Like that shit is classic. It's really good. So, yeah. yeah. newfound newfound glory is like um, it's like a watered down version, or like like that movie Multiplicity, where like you make more copies of it, and the more copies you make, it just gets duller <laughs> yeah. and duller and more faded. <laughs>
1: Yeah, what well, happens when you make a copy of
0: a copy? Yeah. Are you quoting the movie? But yeah,
1: that's pretty much Yeah, yeah, that was a the really. uh, movie. I can't believe <laughs> I don't you know just... how many people have seen multiplicity. Dude,
0: out there. I can't believe you just quoted the movie. That's fucking hilarious.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Michael Keaton.
0: That's right. Um the other day I made fun my friend dropped a reference to the movie Aristocats. <laughs> he was like <laughs> nice. He was like, the name is, the name is like some French name, like in the movie Aristoc- Aristocats. And I'm like, that, can't believe you just dropped that reference. That was gold. So, okay, so yeah, you what were. Disney? Uh, I think so, yeah. It was an animated bullshit.
1: Yeah. I just watched
0: Moana. What was a good movie? Moana. Mul, Mo.
1: Mul- yeah, what is it? spelling st- The Rock. What is it called? Milana starring The Rock.
0: What is it? Milana?
1: Milana, M-O-A-N-A.
0: Milana, na, ma, ma, na, ma. Milana, na, 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 na.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much how the movie goes. Here, let me... <laughs> but, uh, yeah, The Rock plays uh, Maui, which is like a uh, demigod. It's uh, a good movie. Rock was good. She sung and danced in it. I
0: liked it. What is it called? Milana. Milana, <laughs> not. Milana. 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 It's fun. Do you want to try? This one's for you. Oh no, he took over for so
1: long. <laughs> what
0: is that? Dude, Jim Henson. Jim was fucking hilarious. Yeah,
1: genius. <laughs> How did he die? How did Jim he Henson
0: die? Oh, okay. This is a great story. So he actually grew up in Mount Kisco, the town next to where I grew up. And his backyard, uh, his backyard was on the other side of the woods from my best friend Mike's backyard. And we were like, dude, if we just keep going, we'll hit his house. But um, he died of, like pneumonia or a pancreas thing or a stomach thing. And it was, it was strange. It's something that a 40 or 50 year old, I think he was like 55. It's something a 50 year old man would never die of. And so the rumor was that he had AIDS. Um, and oh. I looked it up recently and, and what, from what I read, what actually happened was like, he just didn't like doctors and he never went to the doctor. And like, this is something that could have been treated. <laughs> so it's pretty tragic as I laugh, uh, nervously. Yeah,
1: it's like Bob Marley going down from toe cancer.
0: Um, I suppose, oh, is that how he went down? Because of, because he like didn't wash his feet? Yeah. What happened? What happened?
1: <laughs> I'm not sure exactly, but, yeah, uh, I-, I believe he got toe cancer and it
0: spread. That's really unfortunate. It
1: <laughs> seems like it's pretty innocuous.
0: <laughs> so, is this Meeker? Is that the one that always meeps?
1: um beaker
0: beaker so this is beaker doing ode to joy <laughs> and it's like a six part six part harmony all the the video is split six ways so you can see beaker doing six different things it's fucking hilarious it's pretty good all right. There's
1: a South Park episode um, called Mr. Hanky's Christmas Classics, and they they like do parodies of all the different Christmas songs. It's really
0: funny, dude. The first time they did Hanky the Christmas Pooh was fucking sorcery Brownlee. magic. Yeah, that was like. There's certain things that you don't forget. Although I I haven't I literally have not thought about Hanky the Christmas Pooh in like I don't know ten years twenty years, but. I've all heard of Rudolph yeah, I mean, His shiny that. nose And we all know Frosty Who's made out of snow
1: But all of those stories Seem kind of <laughs> gay
0: Cause we <laughs> Oh god it's so <laughs> Well this was what year Like It's weird but like time, like You can't say gay like that I guess you can <laughs> yeah. If you're South Park
1: Christmas. Yeah. Small and brown. He comes I mean, from they wouldn't be able to get away with all the stuff that they did back then. Today, no way. That's I, why they're, they're so lame. That get so lame now. If you've seen the new episodes. it is like a shell of its former self because they can't get away with all the super ultra funny stuff that they used to do. And they even said that in some of the episodes, um, they were making fun of the uh, the City Walk guy, and he ended up being a uh, a crazy white guy who like had dissociative personality disorder and thought he was. A Chinese uh, like restaurant owner, and he, was, he he said during the episode that people like people like don't know how to feel when they hear me do this accent. So like like they can't even do it anymore. <laughs> so like they know that they can't do the, the really funny stuff anymore. It's kind of sad. But...
0: Yeah, I've when whenever somebody's like, oh, did you see like did you watch this South Park episode from like two years ago? And I'm like, really, you still are like watching that? But um. I, I'm like, I'm like for all I know, it's great because I literally stopped watching like three seasons in. Um, like even when we were in college, I was yeah. like, really? Like we're still watching this? All right. But um, maybe also part of it is like they don't – like the, the climate, like you said, they can't get away with the same stuff. But like I don't know if they want to. Like the culture is different. Like do you really want to say yeah. gay anymore? Like I don't. Like I cut that shit out a long time ago. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. So now every once yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: once, I referred to something as gay, um, a few months ago and then I caught myself, I was like, Oh, sh- I'm sorry. And then I realized like, Oh no, I'm actually talking about like homosexual sex. Like I'm talking about homoerotic. Yeah, I was, there was a bunch of us wearing like short pink. There were two guys wearing short pink shorts. We we're all wearing tank tops in the summer. And I was like, we should all do like a workout video. And I was like, it would be really gay. And I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. And I'm like, no, it, it literally, I would literally mean because I was saying it to to a gay guy. And I was like, man, that would be so gay. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And I was like, no, wait, I literally mean that would be real, like we would all be flaming like gay. So, you know. Yeah, I
1: mean, I, I'm Jewish and and I say Jew and people Ew. are like, isn't that offensive? He's a Jew. So Jew, like, Jew. Jew, like no, I say it is like. the, the name. And they're
0: like, Oh, I thought like saying Jew was offensive. Right. That's somebody who's never, that's like people who think that saying black is offensive. It's like, no, we've, we've gotten to a point where this is now what we call it. Um, it, they, um, yeah. Well, well, man, what was I going to say about that? Jew, the Jew thing. Um, they, they approach this in always sunny in Philadelphia. We're like, the three fucking idiots have a conversation about like, no, you don't say that. Like that's, he's like, no, I could say that. And he's, and then the other guy's saying, it's like the context. <laughs> it's like, get that Jew <laughs> yeah. out of here is, you know, really funny, <laughs> really fucking funny. Oh, I watched
1: the, uh, I watched the comedians because getting coffee with Obama <laughs> per your recommendation. Mm. And it was very funny.
0: I don't know why, like me and Eva watched that together and I'm just cracking the fuck up. Like, I can't stop laughing. But Like, when he's like, come in, come in. And he's like, and, he, and like, when Jerry reaches over to the plate of fruit and he goes, are these real? And he goes, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, whatever.
1: He takes a bite out of the apple and tries to put it down. He's like, oh, no, you got to throw the apple out or eat it. You can't <laughs> can't
0: eat. Yeah, like, it was like a fucking Seinfeld episode. It was the funniest fucking... Yeah, exactly. And um, and like, don't shoot, don't shoot him now. He's a good guy. Like, he's gonna come in that way.
1: <laughs> and like, yeah, Obama's a great actor.
0: It was like it was so motherfucking fun. And now Obama's just baller balling out with with goddamn Richard Branson's island. He's just oh, I'll swim swim with the dolphins. Is it? Yeah, uh, today I'll swim with the dolphins, and uh, tomorrow I'll uh, have sex with my wife uh, in a lot of positions. Yeah, he's killing it. <laughs> killing it. And
1: then some of the dolphins
0: in Um, but no, it's like him and Richard Branson like playing golf, fucking snorkeling, goddamn eating, like on the boat, just chill, like chill. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, fucking time machines, like.
1: <laughs> it's like shooting plasma rifles into the air.
0: They have a VR machine where like. Obama can just enter, enter the body of whoever the fuck. Gerard Butler? Gerard. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Wh- let
1: me just go to the body of
0: Gerard Butler. Uh, let me
1: just pop right
0: in there. A nice afternoon with uh, the abs of Gerard Butler. <laughs>
1: Gerard Butler.
0: That is. <laughs> Oh, man, that is that is such a random... But
1: also, Gerard Butler, Gerard Butler was in that movie where <laughs> he was, like, in a video game and someone else was controlling him, so that's yeah. why that's where I
0: got the idea. From. Oh, he was in Being John Malkovich? <laughs> uh,
1: I'll play on that, I guess. Great movie, though, John, Being John Malkovich. Oh,
0: he was in Avatar. I see. <laughs>
1: yes, uh,
0: I'm trying to think of all the movies where, um... Yeah, where, uh... Somebody, you know, you can finish that thought.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: so, you understand what's
1: happening. So let me um. Oh, multiplicity.
0: Let me go back to uh, concert T-shirts for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get off of the concert T-shirts. So my favorite concert T-shirt. Well, I'll tell you, my first concert was James Taylor when I was like twelve, and that was a treat because my parents went and. It was a family outing, you know, at the amphithe- amphitheater. Yeah. At, the we amphitheater.
1: at the amphitheater. No,
0: yeah. Yes, we were at the amphitheater. I can't. Say. I have trouble getting the amphitheater. Amphitheater. <laughs> it's fun to say things funny, okay, Lee? Don't don't get mad at me yeah. if I like to say the amphitheater. Um <laughs> Yeah, that was fun. Did you know that James Taylor spent like two years in an insane asylum in New York before he became famous? Really? Yeah, that's when I, that's back when I was into my conspiracies man phase. Um, I was, I, yeah, it was all pop music, man. But yeah, James Taylor was in, like for two years or something. And and, just, I picture like, in in, in the 60s, because this is before he was famous. This is probably, like, early 60s. Like, ins- mental institutions were not fucking good. If you remember One foot of the Cuckoo's Nest, like, they were not chill. Oh, uh, yeah. But, so they just fucking fried his brain, I guess? And then he just... Vikings. All Did right. Yeah. This one's my jam, dude. Mexico. Oh, Mexico. It so simple. I just wanna go. All right, James, fucking killing it, James. James, James, a fucking OG.
1: Somewhere in some institution, there are there's a whole bunch of files on what happened to James Taylor while he was in
0: the whatever place he was at. Dude, tell-all book. That'd be pretty good. The the psychotic James Taylor. Yeah. Really
1: sensationalized.
0: Just sensationalized the shit out of it.
1: the patient kept repeating, "I am Satan. I am the Lord
0: of Darkness." Okay, this was also a Sunny in Philadelphia episode where Dennis goes into an insane asylum to write his memoirs. It, it's something related to his memoirs, an erotic t- uh, Dennis Reynolds, an erotic life, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. and he goes to prison, and it's Sinbad and Rob Thomas from
1: Matchbox. <laughs> yeah, but- yeah, oh my god, that's a great
0: episode. So, that is a great episode. Um, Rob Thomas w- was the opening act. Rob Thomas and Santana was the opening act for one of the best concerts I'd ever been to. It was Dave Matthews Band at Giant Stadium, which traditionally didn't have a great sound system, but if you have the right seats, they did, particularly floor seats. Yeah. But um, it was, yeah, Dave Matthews Band, and the was open. Santana and, and and Matchbox Twenty, I mean Santana and Rob Thomas. The year they had that song "Smooth," and um, Macy Gray. Ooh. Macy Gray also opened up.
1: Oh, I try to my
0: <laughs> yeah, Macy Gray and her fucking smoky ass voice. But this was so late '90s, dude. This Matchbox Twenty. And hands me a rain he raincoat. All right, Rob. Yeah. I would like it to be the 90s. The fucking 90s were chill, Robert. dude. Remember how chill the 90s were? It was just fucking all about Rob Thomas jamming out. Fucking Bill Clinton. Shit was good, son. The Macarena. Macarena, dude, it was pre-fucking 9-11, pre-Trump, pre-Bush. Yeah. It was pre-all this shit, dude. We had a surplus in our economy. Oh, man. Those were the days, man, where you could just, you could unpretentiously fucking crank up the Rob Thomas. So, but anyway, yeah. It was
1: pre-internet, so everything was swept under the
0: rug. Okay, now this is an interesting trade-off. Would I take pre-internet for pre-Trump? Because I fucking love the internet, but I fucking don't love Trump, you know? Ugh.
1: Yeah, but do you think that all the ugliness of the world is only now being revealed because of the internet, and all the sh- same shit was going on in the 90s, we just didn't know
0: about it? It is a great liberator, I think. I think that's a great point. I, uh... Yeah. I love the motherfucking God internet. Power
1: power, but ignorance is
0: bliss. And, and we can't go back, dude. We can't unring that bell. They're trying... They, you know, you can't unring that bell. We got the information. So, yeah. it's good. And also, like my my vision our vision for for like what we talked about last week where everyone's based around a farm um or or you source local um god I'm I'm high and I forgot where I was going with this <laughs> <laughs> No the internet yeah,
1: source local, local.
0: No here's the thing with the internet um you can you can change whole systems like education like Harvard offers Most of, if not all of their courses online for free, um, you know, the raw data and curriculum, you could pretty much teach yourself anything. Um, not that that's easy, but we're getting to a place where like, you don't, you don't have to like rural, rural access to, to resources is always a problem, whether it's healthcare and hospitals or the internet. So, um, you know, getting access to education through the internet would be really cool in the future. Abolish this. The current system, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, historically, knowledge has always been the greatest indicator of control. But now, now all knowledge is literally available. You can find the answer to anything. You can figure out how to do anything. There's a million videos on YouTube and all over the internet. So the only, I mean, how does that change the world economy? I guess we're finding out right now.
0: Um, that's very, it's a very good point. You reminded me of a quote from this awesome song. So he just said, um, they say in war, the truth be the first casualty. And this is, uh, yep. this is a uh, Zach De La Roca, but it's a band called one day as a lion. It's like his little offshoot.
1: Okay.
0: Have you ever heard of one day as a lion?
1: I have not.
0: It's really dope. I think I think I think they I think they made one album like eight years ago, and it's um, it's the yeah, like I said, Zach De La Roca and and a couple other people from other bands that I forget. Um, but that one song is really dope, and he also did a solo album, which was really fucking cool. I
1: have like ukulele songs, like Eddie
0: Vedder. I didn't know Eddie Vedder did that. I'm not a huge Pearl Jam fan, but that's really funny. That, that so is it legit ukulele? That he does.
1: Any better is any. I'm not sure if he's touring right now, but very recently he was touring just him and an ukulele. It was like that was the whole. He he put out an album of just ukulele songs and him. Um, And just turn around, yeah. Any better?
0: Sorry, had
1: to. uh... What about Alex and Shane? I had to Pouring turn.
0: I had to turn on the old lights in um, apartment studios. What should I call? What should I call my apartment? <laughs> apartment studios. It's the worst name. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: I could call it the loft. Loft. Loft house. Loft studio. Loft studios is really hard to say. Loft studios. Loft.
1: <laughs>
0: loft. Like a Swedish
1: word. Yeah, but. but
0: but it's funny cause I also say lots of lofts, lots of lofts. Eva thinks that's funny lots for some reason. Yeah. Eva thinks that's fine. I go, yes, we had lots of lofts. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm very comfortable around her. So like, I'm, I'm allowed to be like my weirdest self, which is like my most natural state, you know? Um, and like yeah, one of the, yeah. one of the things I really love doing is like pronouncing words differently like loft studios (laughs) and what was what was the other thing what was the thing I was saying before I was having a oh the amphitheater (laughs) it's it's just fun Lee but like she she laughs at me and I'm like why just because nobody else has fun in life doesn't mean that I shouldn't have fucking fun and like this, like why? And I tell, I ask her, I'm like, why doesn't everybody pronounce things like funny? Like why? Is, and
1: I don't know. I went f- to that that jazz exhibit, and you were you were like, what if I just kicked over this camera stand, and the security guards started following us around
0: <laughs> Yeah, I'm a real, I'm a, I'm a real sack of shit. <laughs> yeah, nobody's fucking. He just followed us everywhere we went. Cause I'm, I act like a six year cause it's like, I don't want to lose that. Like, why would you ever lose that part of yourself? Like, it's such a fun way to look at the world, like pronounce things funny. Like think about ridiculous. Oh, okay. Here's, (laughs) this was so embarrassing that I thought of this. I mean, it's embarrassing that I'm about to say this. I, so last week I'm sitting in a meeting at work and like, For some reason, I'm thinking, I'm sitting next to my boss, who's this woman who's really awesome. And I'm thinking about, like, I'm just sitting there silently. And in my mind, I'm like, what if I just, like, reached over and grabbed her tits right now and, like, jiggled her tits in between my hands? (laughs) What do you think would happen? And I'm like thinking to this myself right now. And and then my, the other part of my thoughts are like, what are you, what the on God's earth are you thinking? Like, why are you thinking these thoughts? And the other part of me is like, that's fucking hilarious. So what say you, am I an insane person? for just thinking about sexual harassment and the, and not in like a sexual, like I'm not even attracted <laughs> to her. Like, I just, and then I was like, well, That's I'd get fired. Well, I was like, well, I'd get fired for that. So let's, and then I look across the room to, to my Indian friend, um, Sri. And I'm like, what if I just like went over to Sri and like started fondling his jiggling his titties in my hand? And, <laughs> And I'm like, why am I thinking? And then all of a sudden, I'm thinking about this for like three minutes, and I've missed the last three minutes of the presentation. <laughs> if
1: I can just remember that was the most important thing I said all
0: day. Right, right. The one thing, stupid, sexy Flanders. It's a stupid, sexy Flanders moment. But
1: yeah, stupid, sexy Flanders.
0: <laughs> but now I'm like, why did I just spend three minutes thinking about sexual assault in the workplace? <laughs> like. And then I'm also thinking, like, if anybody thought about... If anybody knew I was thinking about this, like, they would be disgusted. (laughs) And so this is what I think about during meetings. Good employee, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, as long as you you get your work done.
0: (laughs) As long as I'm just thinking about... But, like, there's no malice in my heart. You understand, Lee? Like...
1: When yeah, I, you just gotta go through all the different scenarios.
0: You see, I have to defend, I have to walk back and defend myself, but it's very similar to being in the museum and saying, I'm gonna, what if I just kick this? <laughs> like, that's funny to me. Like, it's funny because, like, here's the thing comedy to me is all about what's unexpected, you know? The fucking, yeah. the, the surprise, the what's unexpected is so good. And sometimes, what is so unexpected would be for you to just say the most obviously inappropriate, thing. <laughs> like to me at this point in my life, what's, what's painfully obvious is most funny. So like, so, so someone will be talking about how they shit themselves in middle school and I'll go, was that embarrassing for you? Just cause I think it's funny to ask the most <laughs> obvious. So yeah, I'm, I'm a twisted individual, but that's the source. <laughs> oh man I can't believe I thought about I'd never thought about that before in my life but I'm just thinking about what would happen right now if I just if I just like fucking started yelling the n-word and throwing everyone's papers around like how quickly how quickly would my life change <laughs> you know Lee that's all it takes yeah,
1: that'd, be quick. But, that'd be pretty quick
0: like I can change my entire life in pretty much two seconds
1: yeah I mean you can change your entire life like at any second of any day just if you're driving you just like veer off the road you know what I mean you're in a
0: storm and you just like feel something Lee fucking please live to 120 because if either of us die like if I fucking get on my bike and this is the last you hear of my voice boy oh boy that's gonna be tragic
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this has all come across as very inappropriate.
0: Mhm. Right. So if, if that that is true, um, if you're hearing this, everyone I love, um, you've all been a huge disappointment.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that's my sign off. <laughs> just in case, like, like I, before I hang up with loved ones, like in case it's the last time we talk, I just want to let you know, you've been underwhelming and a disappointment. <laughs> They always say you you don't want to you. you don't want to fucking you don't want to regret holding something back. You know what I mean?
1: True.
0: So um I have one more note on on a little topic called concert t-shirts. I'm
1: going
0: to talk about it. I got a I just one more quick note. I'm I'm sorry to to be a dweller. But um, actually, I'm not sorry. This is a fucking unnecessary podcast. I can talk for days and days about concert shirts. Um, so I my sister was three years older than me, and, and my best friend, Mike, his brother was three years older than him. And that's how me and Mike became friends and, and through other ways. But also it, it gave us access to, like, music essentially three years before our peers. So in, like, fourth grade – I was listening to like Red Hot Chili Peppers and and Smashing Pumpkins and um, there was only a couple kids that like listened to music at that point and then in seventh grade I was like going to Dave Matthews Band concerts um, because of like my older sister because she introduced me to this music and then my I, they convinced we convinced my parents to bring us but um, I would walk around school in seventh grade wearing a Dave Matthews T-shirt it had a you may have worn it. It was a very popular logo. It said Dave Matthews band in kind of blue bubble letters or blue rounded letters. And, um, there was a green halo around it, like a, an elliptical halo kind of, um, in green. Anyway, I would walk around school wearing this shirt and literally a kid once made fun of me. He was like, ha, who's Dave Matthews band. And, um, going to like a upper middle class suburban middle school, I'm guessing like this person was trying to like, maybe they thought it was a hand me down or like they thought it was funny that I was wearing some like no name shirt. I don't know what they were making fun of me for, but they laughed and a few people would, people would always ask me like, what's Dave Matthews band? And, um, and then like the next year I'm pretty sure literally I, w- I would see people wearing the same shirt as me. It wasn't the same people that would ask me, but people would literally wear the same shirt that I had worn a year ago. And I'm like, Oh nice. It's like caught on, but it was like in the course of a year it's yeah. pretty cool. How like right around 13 in my year, like a lot of people got turned on to music. And then by the end of seventh or eighth grade, I was trading, um, Eminem and Dr. Dre CDs and shit, um, in middle school. And I'm like, this is dope. Like we're 13 years old and we're listening to like adult shit. It was nice.
1: Yeah. <laughs> adult shit.
0: Um, I was, I was at a little, a little soiree last Friday. It was Eva's friend, Katie had some people over. And and so we went over to hang and we were talking about the Simpsons and, um, they, a few people at the party were like, what's great about the Simpsons is that a 12 year old can watch it and they can get something completely different out of it than, than what we do. And I was like, and I was like, I'm actually going to stop you right there. I was like, I was watching it when I was 12 and I'm pretty sure I knew more about it than most adults. And I was like, I read two books about the Simpsons, like these dumb philosophy books. And one that was like an annotated bibliography, if you will, of each episode. Um, That's cool. Yeah. I I had read those by like 15 or something, but like, I was like at 12, I I knew when grandpa Simpson was playing with his potatoes, it was a reference to Charlie Chaplin's movie back in the thirties. Like, I was like, I knew all that. And like, people, people still don't know that. And adults certainly don't. And they're like, yeah, but you're like a super nerd. And I was like, that's who watches the Simpsons at 12. I think it's still like nerds, but it's like, we, f- I forget that, like I was watching adult content at that age and like, I was able to process 90% of it. I was able to, I was intellectually there, um, but I was still in the body of a, of a child. And so my brain was still childlike. And even though like I could process that information, um, and I was just, it was interesting to think about. You're a big Simpsons fan, right?
1: Yeah, I used to. I remember the first time I missed an episode, like a weekly episode. was before the internet, so you had to like wait for it. And the first time I missed an episode, I was so upset. I am up I don't know. I was definitely like pre-high school. But um, yeah, Simpsons is a great show. The creators are super smart guys, like nuclear mathematicians or something like that. Um, and the one, the one right there, uh, Al Simon, is that his name? He just died. Uh-oh.
0: I know that's one of their, that guy's okay. name. I know that's one of the names, but I didn't know if he died.
1: Yeah. 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 He just died. Um, he had, he found out he had cancer, I think. And he gave his
0: entire fortune to charity. Pretty crazy. So a good guy. Wow. His kids are fucking pissed. No, that's awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, yeah, since it was an amazing show, I actually just watched a new episode and it was terrible. But I mean, it has <laughs> been for freaking 25 years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, yeah, it was pretty bad. But the new episodes of <laughs> Family Guy have been pretty fun. Family Guy just throws so many jokes at you per, like, minute. Right. Some of them have to hit. So it makes it funny because there's at least one funny thing that's done every minute, which not a lot of shows can do.
0: That's a great point. The jokes per minute, they fucking fly at you. So even if the hit rate is low... Yeah. You know, yeah, your success rate's overall remember. high.
1: Yeah, you remember the hits. That's that's how... That's how they manage to stay so good. They just fucking throw so many jokes at you. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And
0: that kind of humor... Maybe is a little bit more timeless than... I mean, a little bit... Has more longevity than South Park. I don't know. There's something about South Park where it's like... Like we talked about with Curb Your Enthusiasm, it's like i not. I right. I get it. I get. Got it, guys. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I am South Park is definitely my favorite show of all time. I watch it more than I've watched any other show combined. Probably. I've seen every. I've. I've seen every episode at least. I like the ones before season fourteen. I've seen every episode at least like twenty or thirty times. Uh, I just. I love it. I think it's such a genius show. Yeah. There's so many things that I, I miss, even watching every episode so much. And every time I watch it, it, it's just funny. I fucking love South Park so much. And just to see what it's become now is just a terrible tragedy. But what <laughs> you do, they put in a lot of
0: good work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they put in a lot of good work. So that's your favorite show. That's an interesting call. I mean, it makes sense. It's a great show. Um, did, was there a documentary about how they do show prep? I remember hearing that.
1: Yeah, it's like six days six days to air or something like that. But it was, for, it was one of the new episodes that sucked. And it showed them kind of realizing that it kind of sucked. <laughs> and it was just a very surreal experience.
0: That's very meta. I'm sure they did not plan on that happening.
1: No, they didn't. And, yeah, it, it's crazy. <laughs> but there's only so many things you can do after... 17 seasons, you know what I mean? An animated show, like that's crazy. It's crazy that The Simpsons is still on TV, like that's fucking crazy. Uh huh. Franklin did it right when they went
0: out at the top. They really did do it right. You're 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 so right about that. They really clinched it. And um, I'm trying to think about what my favorite show of, is of all time and I'm pretty sure it's Mad Men. Have you ever seen that?
1: I've never seen it. No, I've never seen it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's weird because literally nothing happens in like the seasons 5 and 6. Like <laughs> you'll watch 26 episodes of nothing. But that's why like it it's reve- that fact is revealing in in that I love movies for the little nuance. Like I'm telling you, man, like those that's why I was thinking about Avatar from when we were talking last week and and I'm the the graphics were, I mean, the visuals were amazing, even not in 3d or IMAX. And like, it's, it's a great, it's a really good movie it's well told and it's well acted, but like, I need a movie to be perfect sometimes. Like I need, I don't, there was a couple of ham handed over the top lines about colonialism or imperialism and, and when they're, if they're not delivered right, or if they're not written right, it takes me, if there's enough of those and it's supposed to be a great movie, I'm like a little miffed. And it's such a weird thing. Like, I shouldn't fucking dwell on things like that. Um, Eva certainly doesn't. And and a lot of people don't really get... Like, it's fine. It's very forgivable. But um, I think the reason that Mad Men is my favorite is because it's literally seven seasons. And there's not one line. There's not one glance. There's not one camera angle that is misplaced or um, uncomfortable. Like, it's all fucking... It's perfect in what it's trying to do. So... That's my Mad Men plug.
1: That's cool. Uh, So so let's split it up. Let's split up animated versus not animated. So South Park is my favorite animated, but like live action, my favorite show of all time is is probably going to be Game of Thrones.
0: People love the Game of Thrones. Yeah, people really love the game. I've never watched a single episode of that. Isn't that funny? Look at us. Look at us.
1: I didn't. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it when it was first on. I watched it in two thousand. What year is it? Twenty seventeen. So I watched it two years ago, two and a half years ago, something like that. Um, and I seriously just stayed home and pretty much watched uh, all six seasons uh, as fast as I could. I really did not expect to get into it. Uh, my girlfriend Angel was like, "Let's watch the show." So I was like, "All right, whatever." Um, but it's based on the books by George R. R. Martin, and it's so... Uh, the stories are incredible, and the show itself is so brutal. It is amazing. Like, they, they just show all the most brutal stuff. Like, guy gets his head smashed in, and they just, like, show <laughs> the guy. Grab the other guy's head and just snap it in. His eyes, <laughs> like, blow out. It's just like, you're like, he's like, oh, my God, I what just happened. The guy chops a horse in the half for the giant... <laughs> uh sword and then just show it happen just out of nowhere. Look at my dad. Um it's it's just a really awesome show, just something totally different. The production value is so
0: high. Uh <laughs> highly recommend that. Wowza. Um I mean that's that's yeah. n- that's it's a good endorsement. I'm not that's not what I look for usually in a in a uh, viewing experience, but I feel like I that's a pretty good sell. I mean, yeah, it's a pretty good sell. Um, I once watched the show Nip Tuck where they have, like, long scenes of plastic surgery. Have you ever seen Nip Tuck?
1: Um, I've seen bits and pieces of it.
0: Yeah, it's actually, like, a decent show. It's entertaining, and it's, like, well-acted and pretty formulaic. But, yeah, they'll do these long scenes of uh, – where they put on some kind of music, like, everybody dance now, or they'll put on like some classical music or whatever, <laughs> okay. and they'll yeah. start cutting up and it's like pretty graphic, but, um, in a medical way, not in a smashing medieval skulls way.
1: Okay.
0: Have you ever been to a Renaissance yeah, fair? All very well played. What'd you say? Have you ever been to a Renaissance fair?
1: Uh, yes, I have. It was a fantastic experience. When did you go? Uh, I went when I was probably fifteen or sixteen uh, to the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair. Had to throw some axes. Uh, that was the main thing I remember. Nice. Just the axe throwing. Right. Yeah.
0: Ye old Pennsylvania Ren Fair.
1: Yeah. Don't I didn't fr- think about back to that time. Where people showered like once
0: every three months. That's the thing, man. Just
1: like through their shit on the side of the road.
0: That's the thing, man. Everything fucking stunk back then. Everything stunk. Yeah. Yeah. Like fucking from the pussies to the streets to the goddamn clothes on your back. Ah. Everything was so smelly. Yeah. Yeah. Like back then. Ugh. Back then, like tobacco smoke must have been like a welcome respite. I think I'm using that word right and sounding right. It was like a welcome reprieve from the the stink of life, you know?
1: And just like the, the ass of the three people standing next to you while you're sitting down.
0: Oh, the ass. The three-day ass. And like, but you're still so horny, you're still going to fuck that chick who just <laughs> stinks.
1: I mean, just st- it
0: stinks. It stinks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I say she's well fed. You know she's
1: <laughs>
0: she's fucking plump. Have,
1: have you seen Westworld?
0: Yeah, Eva and I are gonna watch the season finale tonight. Actually,
1: so you have seen like all the, the other episodes?
0: Pretty much. We just learned out uh, uh, who Arnold was. Yeah. So,
1: did you like it?
0: Oh it's fantastic i I love t v shows of all kinds, and Eva doesn't like t v so I was really happy that she likes it seemingly as much as I do
1: yeah
0: um it's so deep um you know it was a it was a movie in yep. the sixties, and um I heard people say like with the right special effects this should be this could be a great t v show or movie now, and it it really is i I'm loving it do you like it
1: yeah the special effects are unbelievable. It's just like the uh, the computer animation, everything is so seamless and the, the acting is great and the storylines are great. And Oh man, just a fucking crazy show. What's like they spent a billion dollars making it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about, I, <laughs> I didn't even think about the goddamn cost. Um, I asked Eva who she would be in the, who, which character she would be in the show. And she was like, I don't know. Like she's so practical. Like that doesn't even enter her fucking brain real estate. I'm so jealous. But for (laughs) me, it's like, I have a fucking hour long diagram. (laughs) Um, but she was like, I don't know. And I was like, I know mine. And she was like, who? And I was like, the dude who fucking kills everybody, the man in black, who's just like a ruthless murderer trying to get to the center of the game. And
1: (laughs) Yeah,
0: and she was like, "Really?" And I was like, "Yeah, you know my obsession with like wanting to know everything." And she was like, "I don't." She was like, "I don't think you'd be that." I'm like, "I guess not." He does brutally murder a ton of robots that may or may not be sentient. I don't think I would do that. Oh,
1: uh, dude, I can't. I can't wait to. I can't wait till
0: you watch the finale. Ooh, that's that's tickling my brain. I'm excited.
1: Um, oh, you're gonna have a, you're gonna have a great time.
0: Very cool. My favorite character is um, the brothel owner, that black woman. I think she's my favorite because I love strong, smart women.
1: Uh, I actually just watched the movie Norbit starring Eddie Murphy, and she stars opposite him. Uh, What's her name? Uh, I can't remember.
0: She she uh, plays Mrs. Norbit.
1: (laughs) She plays Kate Thompson. And did Terry Crews is in that movie? Have you ever seen Norbit? Is
0: he jerking off? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Is he? Is he
0: freshly jerked? (laughs) He looks really tired and distracted. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe that was one of his four jobs. I got four jobs. Four jobs. Like he just keeps saying that. I got
1: the role on Norbit. I got four jobs, including Norbit. It was Nor... You got Norbit. You got Old Spice. Uh, I don't know what other... Four ones. jobs! Norbit! I
0: love love Terry Crews' enthusiasm yeah. for life. Yeah, he's great. It's all that jerkin' energy. Eddie. It's all that chi from not <laughs> jerkin' it.
1: Yeah, I guess.
0: It all goes to his pecs and his fucking brain. Yep. He gave
1: a cheeseburger Eddie in the longest yard.
0: I never saw The Longest Yard. That was a remake too, I believe.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the original one was with Burt Reynolds. And then in this remake, Burt Reynolds is like the, he's like the coach.
0: Oh, that's right. They, they inserted him in. Oh, so clever.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was a good movie. Adam Sandler, like, he's had some big time misses, but definitely put in some good
0: ones. Um, I'm just looking this up. Burt Reynolds won Best Supporting Actor and for the Golden Globes for uh, Boogie Nights. That's awesome.
1: With Marky Mark.
0: I wish that I had Jessie's girl. She should be with me. I love that. Love that movie. <laughs> um, another, I mean, Philip Seymour Hoffman, dude. Everything that man touches. I mean, he couldn't save Along Came Polly, but... Everything, every scene he's in turns to gold.
1: (laughs) He did Mission Impossible 3.
0: Oh, that's right. He was the bad guy. And like, he made that movie a little bit better, for sure.
1: Yeah. So, let's see. That was
0: probably like the biggest role he ever had. I mean, it was the most money, I would think.
1: Yeah, bad guy, Mission Impossible 3, alongside Tom Cruise.
0: Right? Like, I can't... He was, like, always, like, the indie guy or the supporting role guy. Do you remember him in Twister? He
1: was, uh... He was in, uh, Yeah, Twister. He, yeah, he was great in Twister. He was in Almost Famous at, like, the, the uh... The music writer friend... He was so good. Yes. Album.
0: He was so good in fucking Almost Famous.
1: Yeah, it was one of my favorite movies. Great movie is the extreme. <laughs> Bill's the most out of control son of a bitch in the game. Uh-huh.
0: The extreme. No, I think I came in second. Mm-hmm. Dumb clip from Twister. Oh, I've seen the extreme in
1: high
0: gear. You guys
1: gotta get some new stories. No, I, so. I'm gonna go
0: clean up. I've seen the extreme in high gear. Fucking Philip Seymour at his best. All right.
1: Billy C.
0: Um,
1: All right, Philip.
0: Yeah, Westworld is is pretty fantastic. Now, the one thing that bothers me is the lighting in the office. I c- continuously look over to Eva, and I go, I hate this lighting! What's wrong with the office? It's so dark! <laughs> it's so fucking dark in there! Yeah,
1: like, yeah it's all like the weird uh, glass, so everything is like one huge room, so when the lights are on in one area, it looks weird.
0: Yeah, it's all glass. That's fucking fucked up. And like... It ha- It's the thing where everything remains dark until you walk into the room. Yeah. So, so like, Anthony Hopkins is walking through this labyrinth of an office, and he gets back there, and everything else that around him is so dark, and it's the fucking. And you're, you're in there with naked bodies that are frozen. Like it's the creepiest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it
1: really is. Anthony Hopkins is great.
0: He is great. I can. He
1: is. He is pretty. In- He's pretty
0: intimidating. Oh, imagine I—I I told Eva he's—he's he's doing an acting scene with one of the old decommissioned um, AI robots, and i um, i go to yeah. Eva and I'm like, "Do you like? Do you understand how nervous this actor probably is?" I was like, "This is like you doing law work with Ruth Bader Ginsburg," and she totally understood. <laughs> she was like, "Oh yeah, absolutely." <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah, to act alongside Anthony Hopkins is fucking crazy. Yeah,
0: it'd be like playing basketball with LeBron James, like guitar with Eric Clapton. It's like you're just doing it with a legend. Yeah. Yeah. He will eat your face. He will eat the scene and then he will eat your face. But um mm-hmm. Um The Yeah, I continuously tell Eva I would never I would hate to work at Westworld. It's the worst place to work ever.
1: Just robots trying to fuck you all the time. Like, no, get out of here.
0: I'm like, why would you want to work here? No, I don't mean as a robot. <laughs> I mean as like Anthony Hopkins or like any of the maintenance people or like the engineers. Like, I'd be like, I would quit so fast. Either every episode, I look at her and I go, I would quit so fast.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> so creepy.
0: Yeah, I would be the worst employee for Westworld. But
1: you know now, there's brothels opening up. Uh, in like Europe that are just using super ultra realistic sex
0: dolls. That's even creepier than having your own sex doll for some reason. Oh, you're bringing me to a great another point. One yeah. more point about Westworld. Um, so in Westworld, you get to go to this um, fantasy land of the Wild West, right, where where you're interacting with artificial intelligences that you can kill and fuck. But... um. What?
1: Not necessarily in that
0: order. One question, Lee. One question, Lee. Where does all the cum go? <laughs> I guess they, they they
1: have to have some sort of built-in cum storage. <laughs> Is
0: it like a? Yeah, it's like a trash compactor, where it it's there's a switch on its on on the robot's abdomen or. uh under the clitoral hood, or, or it
1: uses the DNA to create new robots.
0: Now I'm thinking like, I, I, dude, I was literally thinking about this for five. I missed five minutes of the show thinking about where the cum goes in the, in the robot prostitutes because they're all raw dogging like dozens of men every day. <laughs> I'm like, this can't be fucking. And I'm like, is there is there like somebody's job to like scoop out the cum after each dude? Is that Scruffy's job?
1: Um, I'm Scruffy.
0: Scooping out the cum. Do they
1: They don't show you that part on the show. Do they
0: have their own cum scooper?
1: <laughs> Where <laughs> they,
0: they scoop it out of their cunts? <laughs>
1: Somebody called Jerry, this one's
0: full up. I'm serious, dude. Where the fuck does the cum go? They did not answer that question in season one. Are you telling me they might answer that in the finale?
1: I guess you'll have to find out like
0: the the big finale is I get to find out where the cum goes and why their office is so dark
1: yeah done 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 ah, here it is Cum storage locker twelve,
0: and you know what's great about this show like they've built they the writers have a built in out for any boring stretch of any season they could just at any given point in time ah, he's a robot. <laughs> You
1: know? <laughs> or is
0: he? Or, like, you yeah. know? Uh, this guy's a robot. Yeah, uh, uh, he's a robot. Like, whoa, twist, bro. Yeah. To- oh,
1: shit. Like,
0: by the end of the series, like, everyone's a robot. And, like, they've they've totally busted their wad. Like, an- wait, Anthony Hopkins is a robot. And so is it. Like, who's not a robot? Uh, they're all robots. The end.
1: Like they get real. But I would say that Westworld is Westworld is to the sci-fi genre what Game of Thrones is to the medieval genre. There's there's my there's my pitch there for Game of Thrones.
0: In what way? Please explain.
1: Just in its grandiose uh, execution of the, the like time period. I I hear
0: you. Yeah yeah. Um, Speaking of like getting lazy with the ending, we're going to end the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Um, speaking of, we will get lazy with the ending though, but um, speaking with like getting lazy and being, oh, he's a robot. Um, I I always had this question about the movie Inception from a few years ago with DiCaprio.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I was like, okay, either this movie is so incredibly deep that I'm having still having trouble comprehending it, or they were just so lazy. Like they kind of got lazy and they only, they gave us this kind of murky idea of what it was. And the simplest solution is probably the right one. But yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I think I need to watch that movie again. Cause I felt like I understood it, but then maybe I didn't. <laughs> what do you, what say you? Yeah.
1: I always, I, I only saw that once in theaters. So I, I felt like I understood it. I, uh, but like you said, uh, I I could have missed a whole bunch of shit. Like the, like the Matrix, you know what
0: I mean? I felt like I understood that the first time, pretty much. But it's pretty complicated. The Matrix. The Matrix was a fucking great movie. I
1: love the Matrix. I
0: I yeah, don't I don't want to watch it again. Partly because I don't give a shit, but also because like it might not be good anymore. You know? I don't know. Do you think that movie aged uh, well?
1: I I thought it pretty. Re- I saw pretty recently it's still really good. I mean, some of, like, the graphics are a little dated, but it's still really, like, well acted and the storyline's really cool and all that stuff. So I would still give it a good grade.
0: Okay. What about Austin Powers? Did we talk about this on this show?
1: I haven't seen that for a while, so I don't know. I
0: feel like it holds up pretty well, to be honest.
1: Yeah? I probably haven't seen it in seven or eight years.
0: Um, I don't know why I feel like it holds up well. I'm sure I'm going to fucking eat my words. I'm sure the listeners are going to be flooding the inbox. (laughs) We have no listeners. So, um, yeah, who the fuck knows? That that might be another one worth watching. Um, yep. Well, um, what else you got, Lee? Are we going to continue?
1: I mean, uh, for, for as long as I got, whatever, whatever,
0: however long. All right, well, let's do let's do this one this one weird news story that I saw, where it was um
1: <laughs>
0: it was from the Huffington Post. I don't know if you saw it, but it was like a a guy had to go to the hospital because of uh, a bullfighting injury, like tore up his rectum, something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Am I getting that story right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh I guess it if karma comes back around, but uh he got gored like fifteen inches straight up his ass.
0: That sounds awesome. Oh. I mean it sounds awful. But um Yeah, I mean
1: both bull, both writing is terrible.
0: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, dude, you fucking you get you deserve to be rammed in the ass. I mean
1: yeah, like you're torturing the animal for no reason.
0: It's pretty archaic. Um, yeah, I mean, it's bad enough we fucking treat women and minorities poorly. Do we really have to throw bulls in that, that fight as well? But um, They, like,
1: tie their balls in a string. Do they really? Yeah, you can see uh, during the matches, I guess you'd call them, there's, like, a string going around the lower side of the torso like the back side of the torso above his tail and it's a string that's tied around and it ties his balls together real tight so he's real paced elf.
0: Jesus Christ that sounds gross um
1: yeah, yeah
0: I, I went to a that's bullfighting they
1: buck so hard when they come out
0: interesting yeah I mean I guess that's the easiest way to make him angry but like that's fucked up man Jesus
1: yeah, yeah. I, uh, It just squeezes balls
0: yeah right totally awesome spring break woo amd matador um but uh yeah and when i was in mexico when i was a kid on a family vacation we saw one of those in like the oldest ring in in mexico city so it was cool being in like i don't know 200 year old 300 year old however old that stadium was was dope but Beyond yeah. that, I was like I was maybe 12, 13, and I'm like I'm looking at my mom and my sister and I'm like so wait, what's going on right now? <laughs> and they're like, well, this and that. And I'm like, and how is that? Like why is that dude doing that? And they're like, well, because of that. And I'm like, this is this is awful. I'm like yeah, but like they feed, you know, they save the meat and they feed it to the poor kids afterwards. And I'm like, really? It doesn't go to some fucking mafia hand to 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 sell off. But um, yeah, weird. Very
1: weird. bull. Yeah.
0: Um my uh, yeah, so yeah. so barbaric. Are Very barbaric. Um a couple of my friends have done running of the bulls. Actually a mutual friend of ours, Andrew Tito, get it? Um has done running running with wow. the bulls. That's
1: pretty
0: crazy. Yeah, with our other friend Drew and I think Michael, no, who was Chris and Maybe a couple other people, but yeah, I saw pictures they did a few years ago, and it looks like a lot of fun. I mean, especially because you're in fucking Spain and you're wearing the white shirt with the fucking the red neckerchief, like you're some Spaniard, <laughs> and um, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: and you're running with thousands of people. But like, I, uh, it's a fun thing to say that you did, but it's like I'd rather just be in Spain chilling. In
1: España.
0: In España.
1: Yeah, people
0: get messed up. People, people get touched from
1: that every year. Good. fuck 'em. You never know when a bulls is sitting in front on you.
0: Fuck 'em. Yeah, it says here, five Americans hospitalized on day two of Pompelona's running of the bulls. Fuck 'em. Yep. That's so what happens.
1: You hear about the American that was just sentenced to, like, 20 years of hard labor in North Korea for stealing a uh, political sign out of his hotel?
0: What kind of political that's fucked up. So, wait, I mean, uh, shame on him for for being there. But, um, what so he stole a political thing from his hotel room? Was he trying to bring it, take it out of the country?
1: Yeah, apparently, someone from um, some kind of business offered to pay him to to give him a call of ten thousand dollars if he brought back like this certain political sign. So, he stole it out of the lobby of the hotel he was in. Um, now, remember. You're in North Korea, which is, like, the most hostile place to the United States in the world, probably. Um, and it even says on the State Department's website, like, please don't go to North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> so he killed this guy. And he, got, he, he got stopped by customs at the airport, and they detained him. And he has, uh, they made him do, like, a, a spoken statement on, uh, I'm not sure if it was on live TV, but I saw part of, the, part of it. And he's just like, this is the worst mistake of my life. And he, he was sentenced to like 17 or 18 years of hard labor in North Korea. So that's uh, that's it for him.
0: Yeah, but it's North Korea, so that hard labor can't be too hard, right? I mean, they're pretty. Easy. Oh wait, oh oh wait. Yeah, that's a stupid move, yeah, man.
1: Yeah, you know, on the on the back of that uh, that story, I saw another story about one of the guards or someone who escaped from a North Korean prison camp, and he just said that, like, the most ridiculous stuff was done there, like, prisoners were routinely raped, and, like, they, they like, killed this one guy and, like, like boiled his remains and, like, fed it to the other prisoners. Like, crazy stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I wouldn't be surprised if the guy was like, "You know, sometimes we actually weren't raped. Like every every 6th day yeah. or so, we we actually ran across a no rape situation." It was it was uh yeah. You know. Yeah, that's fucked up. I mean, I would not That's not for me. I asked Eva if she would go to space if the opportunity presented her. She said, "Yeah, I would never go to space and um I feel like going to North Korea is a lot more dangerous than going to space." So
1: yeah, at least in space, no one's trying to kill you.
0: I'd rather have no oxygen and no gravity than than, than North Korea. I'd rather have It'd the two the two things my body needs like right this second.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and cool. pressure.
0: That's crazy. No, thank you. I I did see a great documentary. It might have been National Geographic or something where they went into North Korea with uh, documentary cameras. And um, they were they, – they told the North Korean government that they were they were filming a documentary for this doctor because this doctor goes around the world doing um, cataract surgery, I guess, or like lens replacements. He replaces your lens with a plastic one in your eye if you have glaucoma or oh. something, like one of those – ocular degenerate – one of those things. But um, he did them – he does them for free. So he was willing to come into North Korea to do like 2,000 procedures over the course of a month – as long as we they were allowed to film some stuff and so it's amazing man highly recommended um i'm sure you could google that and find it but um they they would show like i don't even remember just type in undercover documentary north korea doctor fucking eye surgery like literally google that and um you'll find it and and like they take this is maybe from 5 or 10 years ago But um, they take you to uh, an apartment. They they show you a tour of the city, pretty much. The North Korean handlers for the surgeon show them the city. And they're they're like, these are supermarkets, and this is what an apartment looks like. And they show you an apartment that looks normal. And this woman is just – she starts crying when she talks about how wonderful Kim Jong-il is. And and it's crazy because this is like the washed – you know propaganda version that they show you and it even looks pretty drab <laughs> but it's really fascinating yeah
1: that's that's crazy well good place
0: yeah um so book your tickets spring break nor- uh, Pyongyang
1: so spring break Pyongyang
0: now Pyongyang North Korea they also do this um Oh, man, I forget what they call it. It's it's something like the World Games or something like that, where, like, they they do these elaborate demonstrations that show how great they are. It's really fucking bizarre. Have you ever heard of this?
1: I have I'm not.
0: I'm going to try and look this up real quick. It is...
1: The World Games.
0: Yeah, it's, um... I, I don't know if that's what it's called. But, um let's see, mass demonstration. Oh, it's called the mass games. It's, it's pretty fucking crazy. So like Pyongyang stadium is filled with like 200,000 people or whatever, and everyone's holding up different colored cards. And it's this coordinated thing where they all turn over the cards at the same time. And they different messages are displayed in different color patterns. Like it's all coordinated. It looks like kind of the opening ceremonies to an Olympic games, but okay it's so fucking elaborate it's really weird and crazy it's cool i mean it's in the shadows of the most oppressive dictatorship we've ever known but or that we know in modern times yeah. but you know still great yeah
1: that's pretty much how it goes mm-hmm. and i think about what you said in our in our, in our first podcast about how uh we've grown up to think that society is like getting more equal and people are getting more equal, but really there's always been a ruling class and like a labor class and it's never changed. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. These are the last, the last examples of it. Hopefully, hopefully it's in its death throes, you know? Yeah. Things like the internet, like we talked about. Yeah. Like we talked about earlier, the internet will hopefully be a great liberator for us and help, put the nails in the coffin of you know the oppressors that'd be that'd be nice. Or it just goes down like the
1: matrix and we all get put into a simulation.
0: Or it's like Westworld. Ah, he's a robot. He's an AI. Yeah. Uh you got any robots I can fuck in there
1: or what?
0: Dude, they love fucking robots. Where does the cum go? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the, maybe they have an internal self-cleaning mechanism. Like, they had to have thought of this. Like, this is what's funny. Like, the park engineers and creators had to have been like, okay, listen. Or like on day one, they were like, down? on day one, if they didn't think about it beforehand, fucking customer number two, they're like, uh, uh, um, we have a problem with Sarah. There, there's 15 dump, dump loads of cum inside of her. <laughs> and it's fucking nine thirty in the morning. <laughs> it's like unless you, unless you like, unless you like fucking other dudes come, like that's not cool. So I'm guessing they thought of this, and inside their vag receptacles, I mean, the inside their vages are cum receptacles, where like, and then maybe like a self cleaning oven. You know what I mean?
1: Or just repurposes it into like tears. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, you go to fucking kiss it, and it's just slimy cum.
1: Yeah.
0: I've been programmed to save fluids. Uh, yeah. That is worse than having it in her <laughs> pussy. Or just uses it as, like, oil to
1: lubricate the, the mechanical joint.
0: Oh, I like that. Probably joint. Is
1: more reasonable. Joint. Yeah, more reasonable.
0: I love. It. it turns into tears. The sp- robots
1: literally run on cum. They are running on cum now.
0: <laughs> we're, compre- we're completely cum neutral.
1: <laughs> 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 That's the fuel source that they utilize. It's just fucking jizz.
0: Yes, it's the most efficient <laughs> hoes.
1: It itself on jizz.
0: Yes, we have self-sufficient hoes. They run on cum. <laughs> I don't know why it's I don't know why it's old timey. I don't know why it's old timey guy, but
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but um no, I think they have a cum receptacle where like it gets filled up after 15 dudes. Like it's a self-cleaning oven, but the liqu- the liquid goes into like a little compartment and then after 15
1: 15- it goes to the bathroom and just blast it out like a power washer. Psh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, and it. Yes, yeah, and it. Oh man! Easy, I have to go into
1: the little girl's room.
0: Comes out like silly yeah, I string. Get
1: it. <laughs> yeah, push
0: real hard. Oh, it's too funny. Um, and then the other thing I thought about in Westworld, because it's it's a fake world where you're in the old Wild West. I'm like, now are the booze? Um, are they tasting really disgusting, like tequila probably tasted back then, or does it taste really good, like top shelf shit? Because that's an expensive park. What yeah, do you think?
1: It's, it's gotta be top shelf. <laughs>
0: but what if you want the? I bet,
1: I so bet. Saying, like,
0: I bet if you want the real experience, you can you can get the bad shit. You know.
1: Yeah, different levels. What you pay for. Yeah, yeah, probably.
0: I mean, or just because, like, some guys might want the real thing, you know? You just want the authentic experience.
1: Yeah, so, like, they they didn't shower for a week before they got
0: there? Yeah, they contracted syphilis and brought a smallpox blanket. (laughs) (laughs) Just a real troublemaker. (laughs) Just a real fucking troublemaker, yeah.
1: Yeah. One of my favorite parts of the show is just how they show you all the -the behind-the-scenes stuff. Like, after a giant gunfight they scoop them up and bring them down and people like take the bullets out and like regenerate the skin and all that kind of stuff that part is really cool
0: I do love that it it just adds to the creep factor they do they do such a great job yeah yeah great
1: show
0: well Mr. Fishman that might be all for this week what do you say
1: no shame
0: that's a good sign off. Lee, no shame, Fishman, coming at you. Uh,
1: no shame in finishing early, Fishman.
0: I agree that there's no shame in finishing early, but I think this was good. Pod, I think you'll agree. I think our three listeners will agree. Uh, yeah.
1: Cool. We hit on a little bit of everything.
0: We hit on a little bit of everything. Now we have my favorite supermarket music to play us out. So. um I'm AJ, that's Lee, and uh, that's the Unnecessary Podcast. See you guys.